This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. I'm Sam. I'm Kimmy. And it's Tommy. And on this week's episode of And Friends, we actually have something to shove in our mouth. Can I open the box? The box is really cool. It's like a little coffin. We can open the boxes, all right? I'm opening. I don't I don't even want to open the box. Why is this wrapped like a Christmas gift? Wait, what the f is this? Oh hell. What is this? No. Oh no 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 no. Holy no. I I have some precautions for this, alright? What do you mean you have precautions? No 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 no. What no. did you send me? The Reaper shows no mercy. There's a warning on the back. Oh. Right? Oh my god, the inside! Oh What is this? Yeah, this is serious. You're trying to kill me. No no no. Oh look, another warning on the bottom that says it hurts like hell. Well, we have a week to think about whether we want to eat it. <laughs> I, I need some time. Yeah, I need I need some time. I'm, I'm scared. I'm all for it if you guys are. Here's the thing. If we do this, this is like the whole show. I think it's a great idea. This is legitimately terrifying. I feel like Ralph from The Simpsons saying, Ha! I'm in danger! <laughs> this is going to kill me. Alright, tune in next week to possibly see all of us die. Listen to Anne Friends on Spotify, opashows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opai show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Man Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. Okay, you may not know the name of this week's guest, but if you if you don't know, we're about to turn you on to one of the most unique filmmakers in America. Uh, please welcome to our show, Jeff Krulik. Did we pronounce your name correctly, Jeff? Perfect. You got it just right. Okay. You know? All right. Well, thanks for joining us. <laughs> All right. That was fun. Uh, listen, I saw your uh, your classic cult film, Heavy Metal Parking Lot, probably 30 years ago, maybe more than 30 years ago. I never forgot it. It's one of those things that kind of stuck in my head. And a couple of weeks ago, we had another filmmaker on the show, Scott Peterson. And I mentioned your movie to him while we were talking because he does kind of a similar type of stuff. And he was kind enough to point us in your direction, and I watched it again this morning. Holy crap! It's, I just—it's fantastic. It's genius. Do you do you uh, mind? Do you mind if I I'll play a little clip here? No, just, that's just so fine. people can get Certainly. an idea of what it's like. Here yeah, we you're go. You're not going to sue us, are you? <laughs> n- n- never in a million years. Okay, here. good. Well, let me yeah, get the audio set here. Here we go. Here we go. Budweiser, you know, you got your choice. Hey, say something. To your mama. <laughs> Who are you here to see tonight? Your mother. Some of you have to leave your girlfriends at home or something. You know that. Yeah. How come? How come? They don't like priests. Why not? I don't know. Why do you think they don't like They're stupid, man. They're This is a hilarious uh, a piece of work. And... and we want to know what what made you even come up with it. I mean, how, what made you think this is something that I got to do? Well, let's go back to uh, the beginning, <laughs> or at least um, this is a tandem effort. I got to say, Heavy Metal Parking Lot is a 50-50 collaboration with um, a, a, my co-producer, the man who's considered the director, John Hyde. 
who actually has a Chicago connection. He uh, grew up in Maryland, as did I. Um, we didn't know each other uh, growing up. He's from the Baltimore area. I'm from closer to D.C. and D.C. Maryland suburb. Uh, but uh, John went to Northwestern okay. College. So uh, and he was stu- he studied film. He studied film. Is it Hyde um, like Jekyll and Hyde? No, no, it's Hine, H-E-Y-N, John okay. Hine. Okay. And anyway, John and I um, ended up meeting, uh, you know, he, a couple of years after he, we both were out of college, just through circumstance, we really hit it off. I was, uh, we became fast friends. He actually worked on a John Waters film, Polyester. You know, we just had uh, simpatico interests and really clicked. I was running this community television studio and um, John had the idea, hey, let's take uh, cameras up uh, and do something with heavy metal fans. <laughs> and I think it was because of the, um, uh, you know, really in the 80s, even though the music wasn't necessarily on top 40 radio, it still had was pervasive on album rock. Oh, um, absolutely. As far as, far as, as far as hair metal, it really... It, and you had the Headbangers Ball going on on MTV. And we just, you know, we were music fans. We weren't heavy metal fans necessarily, but we weren't weren't dismissive either. But we, you know, clearly recognized as aspiring documentary filmmakers, which we were, that uh, this could be good content. And because I had access through my job to professional equipment and the arena that we, you know, would have host shows like this was nearby. We just kind of circled a random Saturday at the end of May, uh, which just coincidentally Judas Priest were uh, playing at the Capitol Center and decided, let's go up and see what we can get. And that's as as simple as how it came together. Um, It was, we paid our way in as uh, like any concert goer Mm -hmm. buying a, a, Getting going into the parking lot. Yeah, it was probably like fifteen yeah, bucks back even, then. Yeah, probably. no, come on, man. it was five. It was, it was, <laughs> it, was <laughs> it was three actually. Yeah. You know, I mean, because because we have a picture where there's a photo of the sign. I don't, and, and that might have even been from 1988, two years later. But I can't. But I know it was was not expensive. But but the thing was is um, we just went in like a concert goer and took out the cameras and camera excuse me but but you had a you know you were kind of tethered to a, a separate deck and a separate microphone and well how, really, how old uh, were you guys i mean did you could you mix with them or i mean did you look like you could be no, one of them uh, absolutely not i mean yeah. we, we it, demographically age-wise we were in the ballpark clearly but you know i'm sure we were wearing uh you know, uh, flannel o- of some kind. Uh, no, uh, o- o- op shorts. You know, just so, uh, you know just and your members' was, jacket, right? Or your yeah, members' only just, jacket. It was very. You know, we were not. Uh, we just kind of dressed the way we normally did, and just um, you know. But you know, honestly, there were people there that you know. Every not everybody in the parking lot was uh, you know uh, charismatic, shall we say? There were a lot of there were a lot of people who were. You know, sober and or just more reserved. Tons. I mean, people just going to see a show. Uh, but but you know, tailgating is a you know rite of passage. Sure, sure. These situations, and so I think that's what uh, we were clearly familiar with. Anybody going to concerts, certainly back then, you're familiar with because now where arenas might be in more you know uh, dense urban areas, um, 
they're in this middle of a city. You don't get that wide open yeah. parking lot yeah. expanse for partying. But where there are still, but any place that did have it or perhaps still does, you're going to have just people gathering and, you know, celebrating and partying and right. you know, certainly back then. And so that's, that's really, it's, we just, we, we kind of, Having cameras, I mean, that's the real, that was the magnet because that was where you, you, it was a total, you know, (laughs) uh, uh, anomaly. I mean, no professional news gathering camera would be in an environment like that. Right. And, and, And that's, of course, why I think this video has really. One of the reasons that it's had the shelf life is because it was capturing something that that nobody really, else captured. Exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, now everybody, you take it for granted. I mean, everybody's got a camera in their, the, the, their on pocket, their fo- right? Right, yeah, right. Yeah. And people are just documenting everything to death endlessly, and it's like, <laughs> well, not, not not the case back then. Yeah, you know what? What I what, when I just watched it, actually, uh, before I came here. Uh, as a dad now, I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, these, these kids are smoking pot and drinking. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, right? And then I remember it, those, like you just mentioned, those parking lots were like this bubble, this oasis where you could just do this stuff and you really never, there was no trouble, right? You just, right. You just ended up getting high and drinking before the show. And, and the police, if they, you know, com- quote, confiscated it or, or, or bust, quote, busted you, I mean, they just, they just made a, you pour it out. Yeah, yeah. They, or they just, you, you poured it out. Yeah, you know, right, nobody, yeah. got a, nobody got arrested. Nobody got, you know, you just kind of went into the concert, you know, and nobody really, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure there were cases where it was, you know, worse things happened, sure. maybe, but, but overall, generally, I mean, it was a cat and mouse game. I mean, everybody tried right. to hide their contraband. And then if they got, they busted you, you were just like, you know, uh, dude, yeah, yeah. just, uh, you know, dealt with, uh, right. pretty casual. I don't know. It wasn't, uh, officer, I'm just, I'm man, just saying, when it's yeah. time to rock, it's Come time on. to rock. It's yeah. priest, man. We're rocking. It's my sacrament. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, just, uh, but Hey, you know, most, a lot of the pot smoking took place in the damn arena. Oh, I know. Well, you know that's it's true like, too. Yeah. you know, you just, that, but, but still it was, I don't know. It was yeah. just, yeah, but these were things. I mean, just we were. We didn't know what we were going to encounter. Not not being metalheads, okay, per se. Not being, but but you know, overall, you know, we didn't know if we were going to tape drug deals or who knows. But the the, play, the the people couldn't have been. I mean, this is really why it, it it's has flourished. The people were just em- embraced. The the more charismatic people really right. embraced. Their chance on their moment on camera, and, well, I, you uh, know, and we, uh, yeah. Dave and so. I have talked many times about how uh, we're we're happy that we grew up in the pre cell phone era, yeah. right. and, and having watched this again this morning, I realized more than ever that it was you know having a because I was. Uh, Jeff, I got to admit, I was part of the disco demolition army back in the day mm. and uh, loved me a little heavy metal when I was in high school and more of a Scorps guy, actually. That's because German. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now, as a 57 year old, whoo, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, well, yeah. uh, I don't really like looking. I don't, I, you know, it's the a little, is kind of, it's uh, a, hits a little too close to home, um, which it makes me think that it, it 
it, it's so inspired that you actually followed up 20 years later to see how things had changed for some of these kids. And you have a, like a follow-up to that uh, heavy metal parking lot. Tell us a little yeah, bit about that. Well, it was several, actually. Yeah. I mean, John and I stumbled into a franchise of our own making, which, you know, we recognize. But but the thing was, is, I mean, this didn't, this video, this title did not take off. I mean, we, we, we were, we wanted to get our film in film festivals. We wanted to get or, or on television or make a video deal because home video was happening, but nobody would touch it for a variety, if not obvious reasons. Right. And so, and, and it just, we, we just wound up, you know, giving tapes away to friends and it was all through tape to tape trading. But even though so it, it just kind of, well, that must be took, how I saw it. It, it, it took it took root, you know, and and, and uh, literally across the country. And it, you know, it's, I don't. We have you know people who really helped propel it on the West Coast in particular, but all unbeknownst to us, okay, and to John and I, because we stopped screening it in 1990, and all of our sc- all of our screenings mostly took place in the in our hometown area, you know, right. of, uh, you know, Maryland. And, um, you know, I mean, that kind of is funny cause it's, it's going to be 35 years old next yeah, year. <laughs> but, uh, but, but we stopped because we couldn't make our friends sit. We felt like our friends had had enough and we kind of <laughs> had enough of trying and we, you know, who knew we just kind of stopped screening it. But, uh, but several years later, we got word that it was, you know, getting some traction and we, we, uh, we're like, okay, this is, I mean, I, I could go into great detail, but I'll just kind of try to do shorthand. It just kind of made us realize we had something that people wanted to see. And that kind of compelled us to maybe do us to just figure out a sequel. And it was originally, and again, I credit John with this because I mean, John had the idea for, um, having he's like we were going to do barbara streisand and bar but barbara because we want to go back to the same parking lot right but but we missed that appearance and but neil diamond i saw that that was, that was freaking genius yeah and, yeah and it was again and, and so i'm like okay and this by this time we both i had left the cable company the public access studio um and was now gosh i guess it was um no, I, I went to work for Discovery, but I was already freelance at this point. But we both had cameras. We both had, like, high eight cameras. So cameras that looked official. Right, right. They, but they were still small, and we owned them. We didn't, weren't, weren't doing these big, clunky, three-quarter-inch Umatic cameras. So we kind of – but we still walked or paid our way in. Right. And did this? Um, it was seven dollars parking. That <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. We interviewed fans of Neil Diamond, and again, it was kind of funny because we kind of were we we really lucked out that we got Judas Priest because they're such an iconic right. and still re- and still relevant metal uh, metal band. Yeah, and then somehow. we and Neil Neil Diamond, we were you know he kind of was still plugging away, and then of course he became hip. 
you right. know, which was right. after that. But we just caught him. This was more of his uh, fat Elvis stage. Well, when, it's also yeah. really with the more a lot of the real earnest, you know, that, I mean, that's what I mean. Fans. The fans, the fans right. were yeah. like the the people right. that stuck with Elvis in the 70s when he was, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, because it was before Rick Rubin started working. With right. Him. So, he made, yeah. so we basically but and this was in 90. So this would have been 96 or not. Yeah. Cause then it was literally 10 years later. And then we, um, made, uh, we put that out in 97 or 98, actually 98, I think, or maybe, whatever it was, it kind of, it, it, it made, it was a good 10 year gap and it really kind of unbeknownst to us again, it just kind of had the same vibe and feel yeah. of he- heavy metal parking lot but with a whole different you know it's like it's like demo. you went to see the parents the next day <laughs> right. you know this is the, exactly. the kids and then yeah. we saw the parents <laughs> yeah exactly and so so that was um it's funny because it really does kind of I, I now realize how things and further we furthered the brand and also furthered my output because i you know john kind of went you know one way i mean we always are joined with um the parking lots as our um a 50 50 mutual effort you know and will be forever which is great and fine it, it's just that um i went ahead and started making other films i was able to package um a collection that I, I called the films of Jeff Krulik and Friends, which played at the Chicago Underground Film Festival, wow. okay. Inclu- including Heavy Metal Parking Lot. And this was like in 1997. Wow. So, um, so this was when I, around the time I met um, Scott Peterson. Maybe, and, that's, uh, maybe that's when we saw it, because we were at that film festival. Dave and I maybe, went to Really? That. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Cause that's I, it. Well, Chicago became a really great... Uh, a home for my work with through the Chicago Underground Film Festival uh, with Brian Wendorf, Jay Bluznick, and the whole crew. I, I love Chicago. I have a college roommate. Uh, went, you know, lives in Chicago. I would stay with Rob, my roommate. We would all. Uh, it just was a wonderful home for my work. Every year between like '97 and then the early aughts, I was able to bring my my work to uh, Cuff, and then. Um, and it was fun. I made some really great, you know, fr- friends still to this day. And so it was nice that Scott put us in touch. But oh. that's how that's how the the Chicago connection happened. And then and along the way, I mean, so this was for a heavy metal parking lot. I mean, it still was. This was wasn't even fifteen years. I mean, by the time we had our fifteenth anniversary, we created another, you know, touring mechanism of uh because people had done like tributes or had we you know had done right. other things that were inspired yeah by, like parodies almost uh, yeah. well yeah. yeah more yeah in some ways and yeah. just but just being it was all very flattering and nice and we just kind of worked with it and again it just kind of helped us with the longevity every five years we seem to come up with something that will um you know, puff it up or just make some, I get, keep the visibility going. And it's just, even, you know, today more people discover it. I mean, it, it's still under the radar screen, you know, it never got up, but, but that's fine. I think that's helped its longevity. Yeah. yeah it's it's um, a cult classic. Yeah, right, that's exactly. what they call right. it. Yeah. Uh, t- right. Tell us about Ernest Borgnine on the bus. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. Say, that was see that that's one of the ones that I showed at uh, Cuff. You know, I showed it there, and it was a. Uh, this was I. This is from my Discovery Channel period, where I was um, had a very good friend. We both were there, coming up with ideas for documentaries or television in particular uh, documentaries that, that we wanted to watch. And what and we that we and we kind of kept hatching these crazy ideas, and one and we both loved kind of you know the cult of celebrity or grade B and my, you know hey, below. Do not celebrity. denigrate an Ernest Borgnine in our presence, my friend. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm a gigantic. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I just know I would. I wouldn't Oscar have Oscar winner. To, Oscar winner. I, yeah, whoever was high on the uh, uh, the A list. If if you will, would not be as right. accessible. Oh, of course. How, how, however, Ernest Borgnine was in near retirement at this time. But more more specifically, he was a you know he was traveling with. We knew from our the kind of stuff that came uh, into our you know uh, our you know, our radar screen was just things that oh Ernest Borgnine had a bus and he drives around like a like a retiree like yeah. a, a souped up RV and just one thing led to another and it was just almost like a dare this was Brendan Conway the guy you know Brendan and I worked together and Bre- it was like I dare you to call his agent and it was simple as that and I took it and we just kind of it just from there it was just getting to the agent of course using the name discovery channel liberally sure yeah but we 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 got on we got we were able to secure a meeting in new york we pitched him we even made up these t-shirts professionally silkscreen saying ernest borgnine on tour which is what the original name was supposed to be okay but man, it was supposed to be a series we wanted to do a series because you know but this was Years before reality TV yeah, yeah, right. became a thing, and this is really what we wanted to do, and, and he thought it was great. I mean, he and but by the time we were able to pull things together, you know, Hollywood was rediscovering him because he was going to be the doorman on the TV show, The Single Guy, and uh, uh, yeah. so he had less time. Yeah, yeah. He had less time to do it, but we were able to still get enough footage. From a uh, because again I couldn't sell the idea nobody understood what the hell I was talking about so so I had to we, we, we ponied up money is that we heavy said, metal okay, guy calling us again yeah, right, yeah. Right. put they, him on hold I'm not talking yeah. to the heavy metal guy yeah he just nobody understood what Ernest Borgnine is going to drive a bus and you're going to follow him and just, so we thought well we got to get we got to get something in the can we just got to get a, t- a demo reel and that when we did that. It was Mil- he, he, he Every year he was the clown, lead clown in the Milwaukee Circus Day Parade. Of course. This was, a, of this course. was his, his, this was something he did every year for fun. <laughs> and he, you know, his wife was participating and over. And we just, we really lucked out because we, we just said, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to zero in. We spent a week with him. He couldn't have been more gracious and spirited about it. But he also had his son, Chris along Chris Borgnine who we didn't know and meeting him he was totally you know our around our age and really just got it too so there had so we just lucked into that yeah, and yeah. and and it was just from getting enough footage for the demo and the idea to just we're going to tape everything we couldn't do our series because he 
went off to you know really work in Hollywood again right. regularly. Um, he we had enough for a documentary, which became Ernest Borgnine on the bus. So <laughs> you know, you mentioned clowns. Uh, another one of your things is the the carnival sideshow uh, history uh, that you did for Travel Channel, and, right? You know, um, I can really see that you, you you like to go after that mainstream romantic comedy crowd. <laughs> um, You're a rom-com uh, guy. Right. But you know, uh, seriously, of all the things that you learned about Carnival Sideshows, because I'm sure you learned some pretty appalling things, what was the most appalling thing that you found? Wow. I, I don't um, – I think it's more just the – I don't can't think of anything appalling that because again I was such a giant fan of this. I mean this okay. I was drawn I was drawn to I I, I love the I just I'm into it. You know? Okay. And I, 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 as a history, history, it wasn't like okay we got an idea for a project let's get Jeff Krulik to do it. I pitched them. I happened to, you know, just from my, you know, l- luckily having contacts on the inside, I got to the right people who you know, were able to green light this show for the Travel Channel. And I actually was friends with a publisher of a, of a sideshow journal in Baltimore named James Taylor. It's called Shocked and Amazed. And I'm like, what better title? Oh, yeah. yeah, right. have, yeah it's, it's Shocked and Amazed, the TV show. And that's how. But because travel, you know, bankrolled it, they wanted traveling in it. So it became traveling shy show shocked and amazed. I didn't care. Just the idea that yeah. I got a green light to do a documentary about some subject that I really loved and, and, and wanted to capture. And and um, so, so I don't know. There was nothing appalling. What are some of the things that in that sideshow world that uh, that that? Why? Well, uh, yeah, there you go. Appealing. It's appealing. Yes, it's like, that's I mean, what I meant. I'm, appealing. I'm, I said appealing. It's, it's, yeah. a, it, it, it's a typo. It, yeah, grammarly <laughs> just changed it. Yeah, appealing. No, I I, I just happened to. I'm fascinated by you know, the you know the this what this is you know oddities look mm-hmm. eccentric behavior oddity just mm-hmm. unusual things unusual subject matter it's not conventional and yet there, but, but was it was neat to kind of just get somewhat you know immersed even in a you know whatever limited fashion in with the crowd who was um celebrating this and uh you know it just yeah, like like women with mustaches and you know well, that, kinda, that's yeah well, the whole, well i, I the, love um, the I mean, giant man side, and the and side, the midgets side, and stuff like that sideshow side oddities i mean and there's a whole community and, and family i mean it's all about family the sideshow family or and they stick together look i gotta tell you the movie freaks is one of my favorite films okay all right so, so girl, you know, having that just it just leads to you know one thing leads to another you know, I, I book very special people. I got on a, my, a seventh grade field trip, you know, and was just paperback book and was just imprinted on my brain. And so I just always liked this. And, um, you know, I couldn't be a collector of it because it's all, you know, just as expensive. Right. And so being able to document it becomes more of, uh, you know, what I wanted to, what I could do. And, and so I'm a gatherer of stories. And in this case, I was able and being able to hang out with the, the sideshow impresarios. Because also, I mean, this was done at, God, in two, in the, again, the early aughts, I mean, 2002, 2003. And a lot's changed now. In fact, there's no more, very little if, to no 
sideshow. Well, it was right. freak yeah. freak show. It's not freak show. It's all performing acts. Yeah, gotcha. you know, and and or or mod- body modified people. It's not. Yeah, that's not right. Certainly, sword swallowing. Well, it's it's yeah, what it's just it has changed. Things have changed, and and I think that's where it was kind of cool to at least have some doc. You know, be it's more, to, it was more classic sideshow. Yeah, right. You're you're uh, well, the, as opposed to the new sideshow. Like right. classic Coke. Yeah. There you go. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Speaking of guys, that's yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at your list right now. Uh, Hitler's hat. I'm intrigued. Tell me about Hitler's hat. <laughs> well, that was one. Um, uh, I that's kind of my World War Two story. It's uh, one that works in, you know, that kind of this weird uh, twilight zone-ish strange yeah. story to, you know that it's with the holocaust and 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 you know the grim reality of war and world war Two, and uh yet there's some you know elements that are just strange and weird and you know sometimes funny uh, you know it, it's because what happened was um uh this was a, a story of a jewish American uh, GI who uh, was part of uh, you know reconnaissance unit who wound up going into the day after liberating Dachau um, wound up in Munich and uh, going gathering intelligence and wound up in in Hitler's apartment one of his residences and found a, a, a ceremonial top hat on the top shelf with the initials AH on the inside and, wow. and he and he stomped on the hat. And, uh, and ruining and the value. Oh my God! Can well, you imagine eBay well, right now? That, well, yeah. he, at the time it was like he stomped on it and clowned around because he was kind of the the cut up of the unit, you know, right. and, and and imitated Hitler and Charlie Ch- stomped around like Chaplin and the Great Dictator. <laughs> he was the wacky and, neighbor. And, he was and, like and, a Kramer. And, and yeah. then he took the hat home as a souvenir of war, and he became a magician. He just, as a hobby, was a magician, and he kept the hat in his wow. magic trick closet oh. he, for like fifty years. And then when he went back, I mean, it was crushed, but it was just in the trick in the closet. And then he, when he started going to the reunions for his unit, he, you know, the, he brought the hat out and it wound up getting on display at a local Jewish American military museum where I discovered it. And then hearing the backstory of him being a magician, I'm like, oh I got God. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to find out more about this story, and that just led to the documentary. That's great. Um, that, so, that's amazing. Hold that thought. We have to take a break. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. We'll be right back. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on the next episode of Back to You, we're going to have the car guys, Mark Vernon and Lou Costable. Lou and Mark have given me how to slow down a little bit. I'm driving too fast. And I tell you about the time that I drove on the wrong side of the road legally with the (laughs) steering wheel on the right side of the car. It turned out okay. That's because you were very gassy. That's on the next Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I can't wait to hear more. If you missed Los Ano Los Ano and Friends, here's what you missed. 
Attila, the president, is here. The guy that's in charge of the whole network. So we have to be good, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so far. So what's going on with the network? Anything exciting? We have a, a thousand shows. I mean, there's a lot of them. They have a lot of shows. Yeah. Name the worst show on the network. Go ahead. <laughs> say it to his face. Just say it. Say it to his face. Yeah. yeah. No, no I, 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 would, I dare anyone to find a bad show. There, all... there is not a show on this network that yeah. I'm not proud of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Aww. Yeah. Uh, Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Radio Misfits. Get more. Lausano and friends. Lausano. Now on Lausano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lausano or whatever it's called. Back to our guest on Minutia Man Celebrity Interview. As you can tell, this man is not a one-trick pony. Jeff Krulik has screened at the uh, Museum of Modern Art, Lincoln Center, the American Film Institute, PBS. Uh, you know, all these great projects you've done over the years. What What is the one that you are most proud of? What's your opus? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, it's each one is different. Each mm-hmm. one is becomes a favorite, you know, and also you hate it, too, at the same time yeah. when you're making it. You, it's a love-hate relationship, <laughs> yeah, and you just can't – I just couldn't pick one, you know. It's like it's something that you just keep – I just keep uh, – they keep plugging away and they're all whether you know short or you know feature lengths they've all they're all they're all like you know part of the family and you just uh you small so well and i i do happen to have the heavy metal parking lot it's got a, a, a made you know, a huge uh you know place uh and and Sure. The whole parking lot genre. It's your white album. Let's be honest. Right. There you go. It's your white album. Sergeant Peppers, (laughs) baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, No, thanks. Thanks. Thanks, guys. It really is something. I'm happy to I'm happy to share it with John Hine. The journey as hopefully it's gonna be thirty five years old next spring and we'll cook up cook up something to celebrate it. And it's out there now. I mean, if people want to so, see it, it's on YouTube. Yeah, plug away. Speaking yeah, of tell, plugging tell away, us where away. people can find all your stuff. Because uh, I think oh, hopefully well, we've we've sold some people. Because uh, it's great. We we highly recommend it. Well, thank you. I, everything's um, a lot of it. I give away, if not all of it. You can see it on. I mean, I have. I have a website, you know, surprise, surprise, with jeffkrulik.com. Of course, it hasn't been updated in a long time, but yet it does give you a portal to, you know, the Vimeo pages and the YouTube pages and the links. And then, you know, a lot of those, those individual pages have been updated with new content. Um, and I just am trying, you know, of course, all the other outlets for social networking, i.e., if you just, my name, Jeff Krulik, K-R-U-L-I-K. But ha- or you just look up Google Heavy Metal Parking Lot. You know, you'll find yeah. the links. 160,000 um, right. entries. <laughs> yeah, there's the, you know, we have a website for it and, and that has the you know Vimeo link, which is our main link. But we also have a DVD for those of you who still like analog. You, you grandpas out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's uh you know, it's funny, I still make them still make DVDs. I'm like, why? Yeah. It's like I give them the people who are in the film or in the project, and they're like, well, what "We don't have a do way it? to play it. Yeah, yeah. What am I no do way, it? To, no way to play it. You should I'm go eight track. This- go eight track, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! We're, we're I'm working on 
a VHS commemorative VHS for the 35th anniversary oh. of the Metal Parking Lot. Cool. With the there's a, v, a VHS you know uh, community of uh, you know com, you know, people that are still collecting. And there's your next movie. The them. people that are still collecting <laughs> VHS people. That's you know I don't want to tell you how to do your right. job, uh, but uh, that one just screams uh, uh, genius well, to me. Thanks, guys. So we could we could call Thank it you. waking twelve o'clock. <laughs> or, yeah. Well, hey, wow. thanks, thanks very much hey, for yeah, being Jeff, on the show, Jeff. This oh, has been fun, and uh, we really recommend your stuff it. to everyone. And keep up the good work. Oh my God, it's great. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Dave. It's really appreciate your time and interest, and it's fun to talk about it. And I can keep. You know, call back anytime or okay. What about <laughs> next Tuesday? You got it. <laughs> Sounds good, Jeff. Take it easy, right. Jeff. Bye bye. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with OpiShows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O p p i h shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla from the Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we will be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including OPI shows.com thank you this has been a presentation of old pie productions tony can you shut up coming up on the next episode of the car guys report informed automotive aston martin starts production of some real goldfinger db5s plus another one of our famous lists i'm mark vernon join me and luke costable for these stories and more on the car guys report a tony lasano podcast and old pie production on the radio misfits podcast network on this week's minutia men with rick and dave college party bill of rights man nixon's half-eaten sandwich worst job ever my brush with bill maher and unlimited tangents listen to minutia men on spotify opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts just search for radio misfits on this week's episode of and friends we celebrate ed tober it still raises children from birth to produce podcast content <laughs> this one was just born they will make a sports show for me he's just got like a baby mill and still a producer of podcast babes you will take over cereal yes learn my child that's the funny bell and you should be listening to and friends on spotify or go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts you just gotta search for radio misfits